Critical issues are getting exposed for a better understanding on a daily basis. All I'm trying to say is that within Pangshin local government, from 1999 to that, we have never been to the Senate. Leading to critical social, political, and economic conversations by those who matter. If you chop alone, you will die alone. He did not chop alone. So it is his turn to chop. Today, look at the consequences. That is such a man that had the timidity, the audacity to talk to a governor who still produced produce the highest votes in 2015. In 2015, what happened to him? He insisted that his own boy would be governor. The best journalists are seeking all the hidden answers with active citizens reacting. At the time that Sumolad left office, that was in 1983, there was a very big gap between 1983 and also 1999. Seriously, join Ponzak and Gilbert Joseph as they talk to those that matter to enable you grip with the issues. Weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM. there. Good evening and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanab. It's a beautiful Friday evening today, 14th of July 2023. Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening. How's your day? How's the going? Good evening, Ponsak. I've had a nice time. I've had a nice time. Um, basically, you know, I had to go back to my enclave. Did something that for a long time I haven't really done and that's to revisit my music archive. Mm. For King and Country, a set of guys that have always been. Oh, so you listen to for King oh, and yes, Country? Yes, okay. yes, yes. From which album so, do you like? Um, you, which album did they produce Ceasefire from? Basically, I've been into that. Okay. I've been into that, basically. So, I think I, I love uh, the album that uh, has this song about love. Let uh, uh, let my life be a reflection of your, of love, your love, you know. Yeah. Uh, and people change. Oh, I love that song. I, I don't change. think they have had a bad piece at any point in time. I, I just don't think because yeah. everything seems to make sense once it emerges, emerges from them. Yeah, and so really nice. Well, if you love rock music, for King and Country is a two-member band and uh, very interesting guys. You know, I used to manage a rock band in Jaws, uh, but. Well, it's a story for another day. You know, it's a story for another day. But uh, when you say for king and country, just bring it back, you memories. know, some memories, you know. At times, if I'm listening to rock music, I wish, you know, my guys were still, you know, jamming. Um, really interesting. And shout out to the guys at Stage 1. I don't know how the band is doing, but I, I, I just pray. You know, I, I met one of our former band members months ago. I said, look, we need to give J-Town a last concert. We need to give... Last you know, dance. Last concert, you know. Uh, and maybe I'm going to, you know, see how we can organize it so that uh, people can come and enjoy rock music. It's a very interesting genre of music. Uh, I listen to metallic, you know, at times, if I just want to shut mm-hmm. out the world. Uh, Eagles of Death, you know, will just come to mind. And, well, let's leave it at that. <laughs> I, I I want to say something, Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, um, in the morning, there's this massa sport <laughs> that I love to run by massa. <laughs> so, okay, first, I asked someone to help me go get it. So he got, I, I described, you know, the sport that he he'll get the massa. And when he got it, you know, Ed, nothing happened. But for yesterday in the morning, I drove there myself. I ate the masa. Before you know it, I was supposed to meet someone by noon, maybe mid, midday in around 12, 1. Started, you know, Hector Skelter going into the <laughs> restroom, you know. I thought that it's going to, you know, subside. And, uh, well, it really dealt with me. And this is a passionate appeal. This is a time that a uh, lot of our women, a lot of people sell roadside food. Please, if you buy anything roadside, be careful. Uh, and people who sell roadside food, make sure that it's very clean. Hygiene. Yeah, hygiene important. is very important. It's, it's a, and if you buy maybe uh, spinach, aleho, you mm-hmm. buy tomato, it's always advisable that you wash it properly with salt. Salt, yeah. Sodium chloride. Or uh, if you can afford vinegar, that is the one that is most uh, preferable. Guaranteed. Yeah. If you, you wash it with just a little drop of vinegar, you know, would do the magic. But yesterday, I really, really, not that I was sick, you know, but I just couldn't, you know, move out. 
because I needed the convenience. Well, is but please, if you sell roadside food, you have to be very careful. I remember and make when sure we spoke. That you clean. I remember when we spoke. I said, "Oh, this is a systems failure." Yeah, <laughs> please uh, make sure that you really uh, clean your vegetables and make sure that uh, you are clean. Uh, well, uh, that is that. Well, uh, today, Gilbert, I. I would like to first congratulate uh, the uh, general manager of Plateau Tourism Corporation, someone that we know very well here. Uh, that uh, I mean, it's popularly called Uncle C. That is Mr. J- uh, Chuang George uh, Pwajok. Today is is you know it feels good to have the right the round hole, the round, round peck in round the round hole. hole. Uh, you know, today he did something in collaboration with others. Uh, a conservation organization. He did something very phenomenal uh, by planting jantrova uh, trees and gum arabica. You know, around the fence, the par- the fence parameter of uh, the Joss Wildlife Park, and this is to mitigate the tide of encroachment. And I was so happy, you know, uh, seeing that, okay, when he was appointed, I mean, this is the first uh, thing that he's doing. And it shows that this is someone that is bringing value. He's adding value, you know, to the system. Uh, uh, And people who always steal government land, encroaching in government land illegally, I think that there's a new sheriff in town. This is not a threat, but there's a new sheriff in town. Jantrova is a very powerful plant you can use that plant to extract biodiesel from it that's what people don't know uh, you can extract biodiesel and it's very helpful uh, today when the staff of uh, the tour by the way shout out to the staff at tourism corporation uh, despite the fact that you know they're on strike but i, I saw a sizable number of them uh, they were out and they were saying that ah they gave us this you know plant when we're small you know to cure illnesses uh, and things like that and i was it just made me to understand that, okay, there's an economic value to this. And uh, the fence, you know, like what what do they call it right now? Um, green fence, uh, I forgot. Uh, I mean, planting trees. Plant, yeah. plant fence. Yes, yeah. It's, 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 very, it's going to help a lot, you know, to mitigate the ugly tide of encroachment. And, well, um, Kusi, the GM of uh, Tourism Corporation, of course, you know that you can enjoy you know, our support anytime, uh, any day. Yeah, first off, again, to just to pick up and add from where you dropped, but like, those plants aren't friendly for animals. Of course, so, yeah. yes. So it helps a lot because there is no way in God's own earth that animals would get to destroy some of these things. And that's one step that you have to come in because he knew or he knows that perhaps they end up using friendly plants. Animals could even help to destroy these things and then allow for more encroachment into that facility. But knowing Uncle C, you can always expect innovations like this and even more. It's barely a week since his appointment to the tourism, you know, corporation as the GM there. Yeah. And just look at the initiative. It tells that he has a grasp on the problems, mm. you know, that are bedeviling some of these things. And the collaboration. Absolutely. Very important, absolutely. Yeah. Really important to partner with people who have hands-on too and are inclined to the sort of vision that you have as well. Mm. But many people, regardless of party affiliations, had struggled, in the, uh, had complained in the past about the state of affairs, even at, at, at the zoo, the museum as well, you know, wherein animals aren't properly taken care of. And you can guarantee that this is an individual that wouldn't leave any stone unturned to ensure that tourism, it's really key for the branding of these states. The home of peace and tourism, what does that tell you? So it's somebody who understands these things and would act properly. You know, while driving there, I really had a very interesting conversation with him about, uh, you know, about some of his ideas. Well, let's, let's, let's leave it at that. Well, the labor has finally called off the strike, two-month-old strike. Uh, recall that the state government called for verification. After the verification, civil servants said that uh, they started got, getting a lot. Uh, we're happy that uh, the labor suspended the two-month-old strike. Uh, right now, government services will be back uh, so that people will enjoy. So uh, I don't know if you have something to say on that. Key to, key to the growth of the economy. I mean, life has been close to cold in the city and even in the entire state because of that strike. So at least there will be some stimulation in terms of the economy to that effect. So kudos, great step, despite you know some of the challenges the man has made clear he encountered on ground.
Yeah, well, uh, I think we should just introduce our guests because we're going to uh, have a very interesting conversation with them. This evening we have two guests. Uh, we have uh, a, I don't know, but a, an active, I mean, two activists. We have two activists, you know, on the show today. So I don't, that's why I'm, I'm kind of lost for what, you know, on how to introduce them best. Uh, but we have Prince Mafeng, he's an erudite public intellectual. I mean, he's an essayist. I love writing anything that, you know, bothers him and how he feels about how society is being run uh, with very explicit clarity in the language that all can understand. And he's here with us. Prince Miafeng is here. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming, sir. Evening, my brother. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, you're looking fresh. Uh, that Abuja is treating you well. To go with the glory. Yeah, we have, uh, I mean, someone that I so much respect. Uh, he has been, you know, advocating for the rights of people, especially giving a voice to uh, those who can't defend themselves. He works at the, he's the director of the, uh, the League for Human Rights. He's former commissioner for environment here in Planto State. Honorable Nankin Baguru is here. Good evening. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Honorable Dr. Barista Nankin Baguru. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I know that you love uh, that title, Comrade, so much. Yeah, well, thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much. Uh, good evening, listeners. Yeah, let, let me start with uh, Honorable Nankin Baguru. Mm. I mean, you were a former commissioner for environment in Plato State. Mm. It was during your time that we had metal beans, you know, mm. uh, scattered across just Brooklyn Metropolis. Mm. When Governor Mutfine came on board, just was very dirty. Just Brooklyn Metropolis was very dirty. Mm. And he created or set up a tax force. Just tell us what you think about, you know, that tax force and uh, what do you think about the job that they've done so far? Lots of people, I mean, I've never had anyone who has said that, no, they didn't do a good job, mm. you know, because, uh, well, I, I don't know what you think. Well, um, you are right to say that um, when the new governor came into office, just was an eyesore. All over the city, there were, there's a heap of refuse, a mountain of rubbish all over. People were dumping refuse indiscriminately, without regard to the health implications. And uh, if you pass a uh, certain part of Joss, or even Terminus, or even Bukuru, Bukuru town, everywhere was a total mess. And people were wondering whether there's a government in this state. It's quite sad. On many occasions, people have called me or met me and said, Kai, what's happening in Joss? I said, well, there's no answer. You can see it with your eyes. So it's quite... Uh, commendable that um, the new government has taken it upon itself to address that concern. Yeah. Because uh, sanitation in the past 100 years has been found to be the biggest invention that has improved human life across the globe. Sanitation lasts... Yes. Wow, interesting. Yes, because they did a research in the WHO and they said what has been the biggest invest, I mean, biggest scientific discovery in the past 100 years. After it's not all, even vaccines, not no, even it's, anything. It's, it's sanitation. It's sanitation. Water, water hygiene and sanitation. Exactly. That, that's the conclusion of the research Wash, team. Yeah. So it shows that if there's sanitation, if there's cleanness, if the environment is clean and, 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 and pure, the, 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 people, the people's life uh, will, will improve radically. Mm. So I think so far they have really been doing a good job. I can say that they have cleared a lot of refuse and uh, the city is looking better than it is. And I see them most of the time in the morning going around and then packing refuse. But I hope they can put in a place a, a mechanism that can make it be sustained. I, I was wanting to ask you that what kind of mechanism, because during your time, the metal beans, I mean, yes. uh, the people, scavengers, yes. took it, stole it, and things like that. What ideas do you have? I mean, uh, we're talking about more than uh, about 15 years, you yes. know, right now. So what time. new innovation, what new fresh ideas do you have, you know, for that tax force, uh, for yes. them to learn from your own mistakes and consolidate on the success that you recorded while you were serving yeah. as commissioner? The first thing they should do is um, win over the majority to their side because it's human beings that generate refuse mm. every day. Mm. And human beings that keep refuse anyhow without regard to the health implication and to regard to the education of the town. The challenge is win over the majority to cooperate, mm. to put the refuse in the places. Number two, put a mechanism of enforcement in place. Now that the strike is over, 
the relevant agencies should be able to work towards enforcing sanitation. So there's even laws. Yes. It just uh, remains for enforcement. enforcement. Okay. Put a place to enforce these laws and then um, try and see if we can enforce even commercial areas of just. People should be able to ensure that they pay for refuse evacuation. Mm-hmm. Like in Terminus, when we were in office, we were able to purchase uh, big, big letter bags and give it to all the shop owners in Terminus that you put your refuse in this particular protein bag, you pay a particular amount of money, and then you pack it and tie it and put it in a particular place so that every time these refuse are evacuated, you know. So they should do that to make sure that certain parts of just like uh, Terminus, the Bukuru town, under the bridge at Dadinkoa, other places, people should be able to properly dispose of their refuse. And they engage private refuse operators, give them licenses to operate particular areas of town. And then when you do that, and they catch people who disobey these laws, prosecute them. Mm-hmm. I did that personally. I used to quote myself. Interesting. Anybody who is found to disobey the law, we arrest them, take them to court. And then the other sent to prison or, or prosecuted. Mm-hmm. But because a time will come when the government will, will, will get tired. A task force was operating for a particular period of time. Mm-hmm. And this task force uses vehicles. And diesel is very expensive. Diesel is very expensive. By the time you feel a truck of, of, uh, of, of this, this truck, if you put uh, 700 times 120 liters, 150 liters, it's not small money. And you have about 20 of these trucks. So task force can operate for a particular period of time. A time will come when the government cannot afford it. Mm-hmm. That things that have been done, but at least the initial state is good. All right. Well, let me come to Prince Miafeng. Uh, in Plato State, there's been a back and forth when it comes to uh, ministerial nomination. You know, in, in a, you just came back from Abuja. Group within the APC are saying, let's give it to the former governor. Uh, some are saying that, no, is it only Southern Plato that will serve as minister on the APC? I mean, you have Barista Solomon Dalong, first tenor of uh, Buhari. Second tenor, you have uh, Dean Pauline Tallinn, uh, someone that uh, you happily call your mother, <laughs> you know, political <laughs> mother, yes. I would say. And right now, group within the APC are saying, no, let's give it to Senator Professor Nora Dadut from the Southern Zone. Some are saying that, no, we should give it to someone from the Central Zone. What is the position of things and where do you stand in all in the grand scheme of things? I, I think, honestly speaking, uh, this is what we call national politics. It, it goes beyond what you and I think. You could vividly remember that in Governor Lalonde's first tenure in office, he was deprived and denied the opportunity of presenting a ministerial nominee mm-hmm. on the plateau. That also repeated itself during his second tenure in office. And I, I can assure you that almost the same thing is about playing out. He's presenting himself right now. So you are saying that the party or the uh, Tinubu will reject him? I, can, I, I can't speak for that, but I, I can confirm to you that the leading ministerial nominee from the plateau extraction as of today, as he stands now, is Professor Nora Dadut. All pointers, fingers point towards her directions. And that was why recently you discovered that some persons were sponsored. All sorts of attack has been yeah, going so a lot of left, essays, right, yeah. and said uh, they've seen the direction. It is favoring her assistants now. She played her politics well. You know, some of us kicked against her aspiration why she was vying for the Senate. Senate. And the reason was very simple. We had a senator that passed on and we had a short period of about a year plus or two years to the expiration of that set tenor. And we felt that somebody that was more experienced in legislative activities should be the one that would represent us at that very particular moment. But she was brought from nowhere, from the academia, without any political background, without even the structures back home to add value to the party and to even contribute to the level that would have expected at the uh, the Senate. But funny enough, this woman went there and played her politics very well. She aligned with the powers that be. She has the support and solidarity of the current first lady. And I can assure you that she stands now. She's the leading ministerial nominee from the plateau. Whether I like it or not, whether anybody likes it or not, until something else happens. When it comes to ministerial 
appointment. We know that these things go beyond what we see or we see. Recently, the party, the APC had a stakeholders meeting. Yeah. The, the, the chairman of the party said for every political appointment that will come to the plateau must come through him and the leader of the party. But it's not true. That's a former governor. The former governor. But it's not true. These are fallacies. Record, histories, and antecedents. One, one, yeah, one question for you. How many camps are in the APC right now on the plateau currently? We have two camps. There's no doubt about that. So how many? Uh, name the camps. We have the a camp headed by the XY governor of the state, His Excellency Governor Lalon. Mm. And we have the one headed by the immediate past Minister of Women Affairs, Her Excellency Dempolin Tali. Let me tell you. So which one is more in Abuja? Which one is more strong? The camp headed by Dem Talent. Dem Talent is stronger because they were the original that supported Tinubu in the front. Pauline, them Pauline Talent, Honorable Comsor, Amos, Gizo, these are long-time friends and allies of uh, Tinubu. They were the ones, even at the peak of the campaigning, that Tinubu was denied access to the delegate uh, structures on the plateau. They stood their grounds. They were the ones that at a point in time, plateau was recorded zero. Let me tell you, I, I, some of us were deep-rooted, were involved in the presidential campaign train of Tinubu, even before he won his primaries. That was why even after constituting the presidential campaign council headed by Governor Lalon, Tinibu himself went further to constitute his independent campaign council and he gave the coordinatorship to most of his men, those that started this project with him. And that was where the likes of Honorable Komsor headed that from, of the plateau. And when someone comes to tell you that no appointment at the national level will be given to anybody other than the ones presented by the party in the state. The person does not know what he or she is saying. Do, can you deprive Honorable Komsor from being appointed at the national level? Not only that, as I speak to you now, 10 slots have been subjected to each state in the federation. Why persons are here fighting and laying claim on the 10 slot. There are individuals, even from the plateau, that have been given even the same 10 slot based on the positions they held and based on their involvement in this presidential campaign. So, so you are comfortably saying that Governor Lalong doesn't, is not uh, that relevant as uh, the media is portrayed, especially in Abuja. He is, but not to the level. As the DG campaign, it will be out of place for you to say He's not relevant, but he's not as relevant as they claim. One, two, there are people that are more relevant than him from the plateau extraction. Let me tell you, why are they fighting Nora, Professor Nora? That do, if Nora emerges today, even by omission or commission, it's not a Lalonde a, a nominee. Today, they have seen the handwriting. As I speak to you today, Governor Lalonde is not even in the... If you name three people that in the top most, uh, what they call it, positioning of becoming ministers on the plateau. Three that I know, that I've pursued and I've heard, Governor Lalonde is nowhere close. So can you, I can confirm to you. Can, can you mention the names? You know, would you like to tell us? Yes, okay. if I, I can. Please go ahead. Nora is, is leading. Professor Nora. Number one. Number one. Okay. Professor Dakas. CJ Dakas. CJ Dakas. Mm -hmm. Based on personal effort, Based on personal effort, not even you know on the not platform of if he of wins anybody. today, if he gets nominated today, nobody should deceive anybody that it was a Lalon's nomination. No, I was privy to have been somewhere with Honorable Comsol, the president, ICC chairman of a Plateau State for Tinubu Campaign Council, and a call came in from Villa directing him to go and speak with him. Based on personal effort, based on his, his, his credibility, his credentials, and his connections at that level. So the third person. I'll keep that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, person, uh, comrade, Nike, since you love the name of uh, title, comrade. I mean, what do you have to say? It's like the APC in Plato, I in this area, he said that there are two camps. 
Lalong is uh, heading one of the camps, of course. Uh, in the camp of Lalong, you have uh, Honorable Gagdi, Honorable Fonterre, Festus Fonterre is a barrister, also a uh, former governorship candidate, uh, and uh, Rufus Baturi. Uh, these are the people you have, you know, in the uh, camp of Lalong, I mean, the prominent ones. In the camp of uh, Dame Talon, uh, you have uh, Amos Gizo, like you said, uh, Professor Nora Dadut, Joshua uh, Dari, former governor, yeah, Senator Timothy Adudu, Dame uh, 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 Nora Dadut. Even, even Senator Nora herself. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, uh, well, let me well, respond. Um, it's normal that uh, once the president wins election, there are a lot of uh, permutations and uh, a lot of campaigns going on for people to get advantage and get, and get uh, nominated for various positions. This is more so that Plateau, the, I mean, the APC lost the governorship election in the state. Yeah. And therefore, Everybody is eyeing appointment at the federal level. And I think the most important appointment in, this, in the federal level today is the position of minister. And normally, everybody will want to get a slot. But what we want from Plateau is to get a person that will carry the interests of this state as paramount. Because in the, last, um, in the past, we had challenges where ministers have not been able to make meaningful contributions to the progress of Plateau State. We pray that uh, Tinibu will pick the best for this state. And the person who will get administrative appointment will also be able to address the concerns of this state at the federal level. We have challenges of uh, injustice against our people. Mm. You know, we have suffered a lot as a state, communal conflict, we have had problems of um, unfair treatment of our people at the federal level when it comes to issues of... Uh, Appointments. Yeah, which which will uh, which will uh, lead me to ask you this: In yes. Plato already, we have the Senate Minority Leaders from yes. Plato. Senator yes, I'm Martin. talking of the past. Yeah, okay, okay, yes. okay. Uh, but if a minister is appointed, mm. uh, how will you want the nature of relationship between Senator Marcon and anybody that Tinibo would choose uh, to serve as minister? Yes, that's what I said. The interest of the state should be paramount. Paramount, okay. You know. The lot of they should um, be bipartisan. They should be yes, non-partisan. Okay, bipartisan. Mm. The people he has mentioned, you know, they are very, very eminently qualified. Dakas is very qualified to be a minister because he has paid his dues. In fact, Dakas is my classmate in the university and in the law school. I know his, his ability. I know his uh, pedigree. I know his love for Plateau, and uh, he will make a very good minister. I don't general of the federation. Mm. So there are others who are also very qualified, but we hope that. It, it, the federal government will be a federal government that will combine politicians and technocrats. Mm -hmm. You know, because there are certain, certain jobs that are going to be done by politicians. You know, technocrats who will deliver because general, the generality of Nigerians will want to see results mm -hmm. that all technocrats can give. And I think that um, Tinibu will do well if he combines the two of them, technocrats and, and politicians, and give the key and important ministries to technocrats so that people want to see results. Because after one or two years, people will judge you what they're able to achieve. So I think it's a good move. It's normal thing that uh, the permutations, the fight for recognition, fight for, you know, want everyone to be in the front, front in the front burner to be considered. And naturally, there will be camps. There are those who go and undermine others. Yeah. But my own interest is the fact that Nigerians are in a very deep problem now. Mm -hmm. Problems of uh, unemployment, problems of conflict, ethnic conflict, problems of injustice, problems of uh, high inflation, and so on and so forth. The ministerial list and who is appointed will show whether or not Tinibu wants to address these problems in the long term. And as, as a state, Plato should be able to give our best so that we can be able to get somebody who can say, tomorrow, this is what I went to Abuja and he delivered. Okay. Well, uh, let me come to Prince Mayafem before Gilbert will take the next round of questioning. You are still an APC member. Confirm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but you worked against your party, you know, in Plato State last election. Uh, you've uh, said the reasons. Yeah. Uh, some of your fellow party men and women are very optimistic uh, that with the way things are going at the tribunal, that they will be declared victorious, you know, at the end of the day. Talk to us about that. Do you, do you still uh, have the same, you know, feeling as them? It can't be true. Plato, Plato people spoke sound and clear that they needed a change in governance on the plateau. They voted en masse for His Excellency Dr. Caleb Mutfuan. Barrister Caleb. Barrister Caleb Mutfuan. Mm. They expressed that willingly 
from the results, PDP cleared majority of the House of Assembly seats, cleared two of the senatorial seats. The head of the, sh- the ship, the captain of the ship, then himself, His Excellency, lost the entirety of the Southern Zone in his own elections. So, those that are believing that the tribunal would speak otherwise are being very mischievous. The truth remains clearly that Caleb Mutfan won his elections, and I think the tribunal would reaffirm that. But that is not to say that the people of Plateau should go to sleep. I can confirm to you that there are underground moves by some persons in Abuja to steal the people's mandate via the tribunal. All, there are a lot of efforts. You hear them making noise, laying claims, telling you that they have won. The tribunal will give them their mandate. They are not sleeping over it. I can assure you, I can assure Plateau people that this, I know, there are serious efforts to shock Plateau people via the tribunal. Persons are being met. Underground dealings are ongoing. Pressures are mounting on uh, the, the presidency to be able to see how they can. If you hear, unfortunately, for a party that held sway, for a party that it the ruling was the ruling party in the state and at the national level, to have woefully lost an election, to come back to start holding on structure or no structure in an internal affairs of another party that has nothing to do with that, tells you how pitiful you can judge them. But I can tell you, and I can confirm to you, that not only all those that are telling you, most of us in the APC accept the fact, and we know of the fact, that clearly and squarely Caleb won his elections. We know that all the noise about reclaiming the said alleged stolen mandate in the tribunal is false okay. and clear fallacy. How can you as a then ruling party you had the commissioners you had the house of assembly members advisors, you had every machinery of government. You lost an election and you are saying you go and reclaim a stolen. How can that be said? <laughs> okay. How about you know claims by some powerful politicians, especially members of House of Representatives, uh, saying that uh, I mean uh, the stoppage of local government subvention in Plato? It's all politics. It's true. There are key personalities. Would you like to tell us their names? <laughs> These are we know them. The names are in the public domain. They are the same persons that spearheaded, that hijacked the party at the state level that led to a woeful, uh, uh, what they call it, outing in the last election. They are the same persons putting pressure on the Attorney General, uh, Accountant General of the Federation, the Inspector General of the, uh, of the Federation. They are the same persons running to Abuja every now and then, ensuring and making sure that the local government does not function. And I laugh at them because, see, it's, it was the same Governor Lalonde when, we won, when he won election 2015 that suspended a local government structure. What did they do? They went to court. They allowed him to have his way. They are still in the courts. The same you, you turn around this time around. The same thing that befell you. It was not His Excellency Caleb Mutfan that dissolved them. They, they were processes. I, I, I stay in Makodi more often these days. Ashofu Makodi and Abuja. The same thing happened. The Reverend Father came, and when he came, he found doziers. He had never wanted to have even had an idea or had even an attempt to have even dissolved the local government structures. But when he came, he saw the rot that existed within the, you, a local government chairman will tell you that they'll give him a plain paper to just sign. He will sign the next thing, debit alert, in millions. 200 million would be deducted from the local gov- the coffers of the local government treasury and only 10 million will be given to you to pay salaries and it ends no they will pay allegedly pay salaries and that's the end of it monies were siphoned and stolen in quantum and you expect these people to allow these people to operate 
Okay. All right. Um, barista Nanke, <laughs> I would like to address you as a barista now. Yes. Yeah, because of some of the issues he raised. But yeah. we'll touch briefly on labor matters and as well as the performance of the governor so far. Mm. And because he has cleared mm. some of the backlogs, like mm. we've heard earlier. The judicial concerns in the country, some of the pronouncements, how do you feel, being a lawyer, that people could have germane cases? and even attempt to prove them beyond reasonable doubts and in the end still lose out on such cases. How? What do you make of some of these things? And where exactly is the problem stemming from? And going forward, how confident are you that you know things could be addressed better? Actually, on Monday, I was invited at a guest uh, discussant on the MBA, Bukuru branch, week, low week. And this is one of the issues that we raised at that place where... Increasingly, the ordinary people are losing confidence in the judiciary. There's high level of corruption in the judicial system at all levels. And some of them are mind-boggling. Judges, some judges have become so, so open even in terms of collecting bribe to subvert the course of justice. And uh, no lawyer will tell you that's happy what's happening. At times, judges openly come and ask for gratification to go and do cases. And then at times they collect money from both sides, both the complainant and the or the plaintiff and the defendant or the respondent. And then they, they give just they give justice that is quite confusing. And therefore it's a very, very big problem. Apart the problem is because there's no punishment for people that prepare this kind of injustice. So it's very, very disturbing, very disturbing what's happening in the judiciary. At the area court level, at the magistrate court level, they are still very honest and decent judges, but there are, are, are some also who are extremely corrupt. There's a very there's a case that um, I'm aware of that happened this week in, in one of the area courts. It's unbelievable what the judge did, and uh, the, the petitioner is going to write a petition to the JSC, and uh, the judge this judge in the area court as the judicial counsel. Yes, the judge uh, went and collected a bribe, and uh, he didn't even allow the lawyer. Lawyer on both sides to even argue. He just sat down and wrote judgment. It's unprecedented. And he's doing it because he said he's close to some big men at the top in the state. So it's, very, it's quite, quite disturbing, very, very disturbing what's happening in the judiciary. Very, very disturbing. That's why, and the judiciary is a cop of the common man. If there, there's no hope in the judiciary, what happens? People resort to anarchy. So it's a very, very big uh, problem we are seeing. Those of us who are lawyers, at times we feel ashamed. We won't see some judgments being read. And there are so many examples of them. You know, you had a case of Abia State where the governor was to be sworn in. A judgment was given in Kano yeah. to stop yeah, the swearing in. Swearing in. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, so it's, 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 it's a country where anything goes and uh, things still appear to be getting worse. That's why a lot of people, as I said now, some people can boast that if it's a court, they can give any amount of money and get justice. And uh, people can rig election, and then just say, announce me, just announce me. Uh, that, that will follow. We saw what happened in 2019 in this state. Some elections that were conducted, clearly we know who won, very clearly. But they went and subverted the source of justice. And people were very hopeful that uh, the tribunal, the person will get the judgment back. But the tribunal went and failed. We heard what the uh, husband <laughs> said openly. It's an indictment of judiciary. And then politicians discussed this thing. When, when you're in Abuja, you go to some houses, some of our friends who are in the Senate, they tell us, ah, this case, this amount of money we give in dollars to win, to, 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 to convert justice. So where are we heading to? It's very disturbing. As a comrade, how did you feel, you know, salaries of labor unions or labor members were withheld before the past government elapsed and mm. it lingered for some time? Mm. And the governor said, this is the amount I met in the coffers. Mm. Nothing to write home about. Coming in, insecurity, you know, was all over the place. And he's attempted to clear some of these things. What do you make of the well, event? It, it has become a tradition in Plateau State that uh, when a governor is leaving, he always leaves backlog of salary. It's not a new thing. It happened in the past. Darius time, Jang's time, Lalong's time, and now it's happening again. So it appeared as, as, as a cause in this state. And then, you know, what is shocking to me actually is the amount of debt in the state. It's un un unprecedented. But it's good that the governor started well. 
he has tried to at least, um, I mean, running the state with, with honesty to say, okay, let me at least pay one month. And then let the workers come back to work. When they come back to work, you can find a way of addressing the issues in the long term. But I think the culture of no pay salary is a very big, uh, it's a bad culture in this state. You leave the state empty with a lot of debt, no salary, and then people so far, and even the salary that paying workers is extremely poor. Somebody has worked in the civil service for 15 years. Maybe he entered as on level seven or eight, and then after 15 years of service, his salary is less than 100,000, 70,000, 80,000 naira. What can that buy, buy for you? Nothing. All right. Well, let's open the phone line, 081-2187-7777. We've been having a chat with Prince Miafeng and uh, Barrister Naikin Bagudo. We'd love to hear from you. 081-2187-7777. Or you call 90 Or drop your comments on Facebook at JFM Live and on Twitter at JFM Just. Let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Yeah, thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Umar. I'm calling from Chichi and Chi Junction. Well, listening. Yes, I will comment your guest. You have spoken very, very well. And my comment is on this issue of leadership of APC in Plateau State and the position they are fighting for. You see, when we are talking of ministerial um, posts, I think uh, President Chinubu is working with those that have record. But when we are checking our record on Plateau State, I don't think that there's any performance of record that we will say that a social person has performed that he will reach the level of holding the ministerial post. But with the kind of diversion, I don't think that they have a good record with this kind of diversion that they have. Because the Senator Nora Dadon have been there in Abuja and Barista Kale Bulfan as a DG. I think he played a very, very vital role for the uh, APC leadership. But nonetheless, I don't think that uh, uh, they should uh, relate or realize on only APC to bring uh, the Senator on Plateau since PDP are the winning uh, government in Plateau. So I think if they can collaborate and give the governor a chance to bring out the senatorial seat, I think that one is very, very good and it will help the plateau cities. But in terms of that different, a senator is different from the party of the governor, I don't think that it's a good collaboration that will bring a good development from the national level to the state level in the plateau. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Yeah. Hello and good evening. Okay, zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven, or you call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Turn down the volume of your radio before calling. Very important for you to do that. Hello, good evening. Hello, Pastor. It's Israel. I'm calling you from Shaka. Thank you, Israel. We're listening to you. Yes, Pastor. The way the APC is going about uh, this local government issue is as though they have something they are hiding. For God's sake, what does it take if a new governor comes in and decides he wants to change the local government chairman? Even though, well, even to some extent, it's not constitutional, but if there's a reason for doing that, if he senses corruption in it and it's asking you to move, the best thing to do is to move and probably go to court and defend yourself. But from the way they are going about it, it's very clear, it's, it's, it's plain that these guys have something they're hiding from the information we are getting that the state is going over billions and the way local government funds is being expensed, it's questionable, and there are people who know what is happening, and they are coming up to, to, to talk about it. And still, it's difficult. I even going to the extent of trying to stop local government subvention from coming. It's clear that they are more interested in themselves or in enriching resources. They are even still in itself. I think it's high time they, they, they come down and allow to go properly in the state, if they go to call and the court decide to reinstate the local government chairman, then it's okay. But in the meantime, I think we should give way and allow things to go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. After this call, uh, Gilbert will take us through social media. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello. Okay. Not working. Zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven. Or you call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Don't forget to turn down the volume of your radio 
uh, before calling. Okay, maybe give over the just go uh, quick, I'll go on. on Facebook says it's a good move by the governor and the labor to make the state sound. Though it's coming late, God bless the two parties. Pam Lucas says I must commend the Plateau State Government and the NLC slash TUC for taking a definite and positive step towards resolving the strike action embarked upon by the state government workers. David Sambo says Governor Caleb Mutfang has started on a very good note, looking at the mirage of challenges, huddles, traps, and other things the outgoing administration of Lalong said against him. In BCM, we believe. Izan Kasi says, I'm glad that the strike been, okay, has been suspended by the governor. May God... By labor. <laughs> okay, by labor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's what he meant to write. Yeah. May Governor BCM succeed. Sunday, Evie says... It's a very good development for labor union to reconcile with the governor so that our workers can return to their various offices. Chester Phillips says, I want to commend the government and NLC for agreeing to suspend the strike. Wishing the governor more wisdom. Albert Dagza says, we all need to support the governor to go beyond focusing on the past. The challenges inherited to forging ahead to the future. David Bunshak says, Comrade Nankin is truly a comrade from his words. One attests his unbiased analysis. It shows that he is truly a plateau man. People like him deserve our votes. Or <laughs> like Mr. Mayor Feng. Okay, Peter Bali says, we are grateful that they have agreed to suspend the strike. We also urge them to keep to the terms of agreement and never to allow this setback to the state. Clems Dambi says, I think Governor Mutfang has plateau state at heart. That's why, despite the challenges he met on ground, he still tried all he could to make sure that labor suspends the strike. Cyprian Mafia says, We can see the governor making efforts to put things in order. Kudos to him. Urge the plateau people to be patient enough with the governor. Comrade Dawes Longard says, Yes, the governor started on a good note. We don't run away from challenges, but we stand to fight challenges and win it. May God give His Excellency more wisdom and knowledge. Beatrice Azu says, Azi says, our dear governor is really doing his best. My earnest prayer is that God continues to protect him from the wicked ones. Paradang Joshua says, it's a good news for Plateau State. Jangdagui John says, we thank God. Ponsak is back, healthy in today's program. I pray that God will help him because the foundation which he started is faulty. Jimas Bala says, Mutfang is the answer and is leading Plateau to the promised land. Hapsin Manasseh says, I commend the governor in resolving the NLC strike in Plateau because many civil servant households have been eaten from hand to mouth. Well, uh, let's come back to the guests uh, in the studio. Uh, let me ask you individually, uh, Prince Miafeng, what's your assessment of the start of uh, Governor Mutfang? So far, so good. You, you give it to him. He's been doing pretty well. Coming from the background of the level of trap that were actually set out for him before he came. Let me tell you, many people don't understand if only they had an idea of the kind of booty trap that was actually placed on the ground for Governor Mutfan. First and foremost, at the twilight of uh, Lalon's administration, a lot of illegal appointments were given so as to pitch him against these same people if by paraventure he decides to climb down on them. Most of the, what they call the transition documents were not properly handed over to him. And that was why you could notice different differences in the amount alleged to have been in place and the current discovery depth by profile, the yeah. depth profile. You understand me? Mm. Secondly, even this local government up and down you're seeing, it's part of the trap. Mm. Some persons met in Abuja sat down and said, if they dissolve you, don't agree. Don't leave the office. Fight back. Mobilize people to make sure you destabilize the system. I, if you read one of my articles that I said that opposition is not madness, mm -hmm. I, 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 I found it very annoying to see the chunk of the level of opposition, you know, attack, build up against a sitting government that not even barely spent a, a two months or a month in office. Some persons sat down somewhere, were given money and resources to dish out false information about a, a, a government, lay down a narrative that it's not true, to show this man as somebody that cannot perform. You know, being in an opposition 
a party does not give you that you know it's not madness allow this man to govern if you if you you're going around bragging that the tribunals will favor you go and wait for the tribunals i told some of my uh, local government the then local government chairman that even before at the at the eve of the governorial election they told me when they discovered that some of us progressively were working for Caleb Woodford. They said, Prince, let me tell you, our concern is not all about Caleb winning. Mm. That they knew or they know that if Caleb goes, if, 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 if Nantawi doesn't win, they would also go. They knew before then, why fighting? All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, Baris, thank you, Mbagudo. Yes, I think that um, the governor has started well in terms of um, the quality of governance. But a lot will depend on also the quality of appointees mm -hmm. that he makes. So far, what's your thought about uh, not commissioners? I know that commissioners list uh, yes. is yet to be announced, but so yes. far the appointments yes. so far. I think the assignments are fair to a large extent because the people that have been appointed, I think... Uh, and you, you think people. it reflects our diversity in Yeah, party? Okay. it depends on diversity to a large extent and... Um, they are, they are fair so far, and the quality is okay. But I think the governor needs to improve his pace. Probably the challenges that are facing us, you know, motorcycles all over the place, you know, people are just, you know, a lot of things that need to be done. But mm -hmm. I think that once he gets appointees, because the shoulders, the burden is too much on his shoulder, but when he gets appointees more, he can decentralize the, the work. And then now that the, the strike is over, I'm sure we can begin to see a proper civil service in place. So I think so far he has tried. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, uh, Honorable uh, Barrister Nankin Baguru. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Prince Mayafeng. Thank you. Really interesting conversation with you guys. Uh, what a way to start the weekend. Well, Gilbert. Um, Gordon Elementary appears to have gotten some judgments in his favor. I think I'm so worried because, should I say I'm worried, I'm concerned particularly, you know, in the way that the Tinubu administration would... Um, will dance to the judgments or even pronouncements of court in the way they would adhere or not to some of these things. Hopefully that happens, you know, so we have a sharp departure from what we used to know eight years back. Thank you very much, dear listener. Uh, do have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget the news will come your way at uh, top of the hour, six o'clock by now. <laughs>